This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bus stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bus, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash pspore24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 478 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Saturday, July 15th. We are back from our all-star break. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette, the one-armed bandit. Jason, how did surgery go? Surgery went well. Um, I'm day five out of this. I, I'm not going to say this is the first uh, time this podcast has been under the influence, but this will be the first time I'm contributing to that factor because uh, I am uh, on meds that if I sound a little slurred, there's a good reason why. Are you incriminating? Are you suggesting that I get lit for the podcast? You're like, I don't know. I guarantee it's not the first time somebody's been messed up. 
It but could be you, it could be Eno, it could be one of our guests. I'm not pointing names, I'm just saying this is my first contribution to the podcast where <laughs> I am uh, not capable of driving a car at the moment. Well, I drive my car on meth all the time, so I'm good to go, but I'm also lit up. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do meth, guys. Jason, let's talk baseball. How, how did you deal with the uh, with the break? Does it is it something that you look forward to? Take a break. Obviously, you were dealing with the surgery thing, or uh, are you Jones and Ford after a day like Tyrone Biggums? I was Jones and Ford Friday morning. You know, usually we used to, we used to get a handful of games Thursday and then yeah, uh, that was some unfair, Friday. Though. I, yeah, I, it was. It was I, better I for us. That. But it was like as fans, but it's super unfair to the teams that had to, and then the ones that got that extra day off. Right. Then like even the. Uh, would have killed for a Friday day game, anything right. like that. But that that's really where it hurt. But you know, I watched the home run derby on Monday night. Uh, Tuesday night, I watched the All-Star game with my kids. Uh, Wednesday, I watched some of the Futures game. I still haven't finished it yet because uh, I didn't get I didn't get to it Sunday when it was live. And then um, that was really it. Last night, you were able to tie yourself night, over nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to do something game there. That, that right. certainly helped. I wish they would space uh, that out and put the futures game on uh, like Wednesday. They should do highlight something. It. I mean, they should they, highlight. They kind of it. buried I mean, it against other. It's they, completely they hidden. Stuck it in the afternoon. Yeah, stuck in the afternoon, and then they had a Sunday night baseball game on ESPN. And Kyle Freeland was throwing a no hitter, which didn't help. Obviously, you can't plan for that. But yeah, I've, I've never understood why it's buried on Friday uh, or on Saturday. Excuse me, Sunday afternoon, because. I don't know. Prospects become a bigger thing year in, year out among you know more and more casual fans. I think if they hyped it up, uh, it, it, it would draw. It would draw. Shoot, make it Monday. Make the home run derby Tuesday. The All Star game Wednesday. Everybody gets a day off Thursday. And you play games Friday. There you go. I love it. I, I think I think it'd be great. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and, and get into this now. Question of the day is an interesting one, and uh, you actually came up with it. But I'm going to ask it to you. Uh, Joe Girardi posited that Chapman struggles this year. Because guys are getting used to seeing hard throwers. Jason, do you agree or disagree with this? I, well, I disagree because most of the hard throwers are in the AL East. I, I pulled up StatCast, did a search, and said, okay, show me everybody who's thrown. I want the, the pitches that have been thrown at least 100 miles per hour. Well, Chapman obviously leads that leaderboard with 138 of them. Next is Joe Kelly with 99, which still boggles my mind. Yeah, uh, yeah he is he's number two uh, with 99. Trevor Rosenthal, third of 74. Uh, Felipe Rivera with a nice 69. Eni Romero nice. with 30. Um, and that, that makes me long for the days when Alex Colome, Felipe Romero, and Eni Romero were all in the race farm system. Could you, could uh, you imagine... All three. Could you imagine that bullpen? Oh, my oh. God. Ugh. Uh, so that's where – so I don't necessarily agree with, with Girardi. Just the fact that the swinging strike rate, you look at Chapman's swinging strike rate last couple of seasons, 20%, 19%, 19%, and it's down to 14% this year. That's mm-hmm. a big drop. His strikeout rate went from 52 to 38. And 38 is still ridiculously good, but sure. it's a drop-off from 52. And then they're just making more contact. Went from a 57, 60, 66, and now 72%. And if you watched the game last night, his he wasn't... I mean, if you would have looked at the box score, you would have said, blown save, gave up some hits, this sucks. Then you go back and watch the game. He gave up an infield single to the deep part of the hole, um, and then another ground ball where they tried to they tried to turn two, and Mookie Betts beat out the. They tried to turn two because I know it was two infield oh, balls. Yeah, yeah, um, and it pulled Torres off the bag. 
Yes, pulled Torreus yeah. off the bag. Then uh, ball hit to Torreus and it hit his hand. He was trying to uh, hand over the glove. He was hurt type at, of thing. Like you could tell he was hurt instantly because he was like shaking oh, yeah. his hand as he was trying to finish the play. And then they walk the. Then they uh, intentially walk Ramirez, and then you know. He can't. Then the Chapman can't throw strikes. Yeah. Um, so really, that came down to command, and that's up. We all talk about if you know a fastball is coming, you can hit it, sure. But if you can't command it, they're not going to swing at it either. Exactly, and 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 I think that's a lot of what's ha- happening now. Because what's interesting about Chapman's season, he's actually got the career best. 63% first pitch strike rate. So he's even getting ahead and yet still having these struggles. And, and it seems at least anecdotally that teams are waiting him out. They're, they're waiting to get in, back into, uh, into those counts. Maybe first pitch, you're not feeling as comfortable, but then once, once they get ahead, they're really devastating him at, at uh, one of the worst levels of his, of his career with an 11.45 OPS. Uh, and then, last well, year last it was night, 6.91, by the way. Right. Oh, yeah, and last night, all he threw was fastballs. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw anything but fastballs in that entire outing, uh, and so again, just if you can see it, it's not going to his fastball is not going to have that much run on it. I mean, he's obviously he's got life, uh, but it's not going to be one that's going to start in the zone it. and come out of it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like it has as much as much uh, horizontal movement as it once did. And and I think that's yeah. So then, you know, if they're waiting out the sliders. And they're waiting to get the fastball that they want. I don't know. I, I don't think it's specific, or I don't think it's as general as, as Girardi makes it. I think it's a little bit more specific to Chapman. And, you know, he, he's still uh, effective here. He had a lot of wiggle room. But as you said, like, just because 36% is great, it's also a six-year low for a role Chapman. Uh, so I, I do think there's a little bit of an issue there. You know, they, they've they got to, uh, I don't think based on this single game, but I, I think they have to prioritize a reliever in this market right now. Um, I know there's talk of a starter, maybe Sonny Gray, and then, of course, first base, especially with the news that we'll get to about Michael Pineda. But you've got Chapman and Batances, nothing like themselves, and even the bridge to get there, uh, trigger warning for Yankees fans, with guys like Tyler Clippard coming in. I mean, it, it, it's tough, and that was supposed to be kind of their top three. They still have Adam Moore well, pitching well. Ch- Chad Green's looking really good, but you need Batances and Chapman uh, to, to be themselves, and I think maybe take some burden off and, I don't know, go get – and they, they got Zach Britton, that'd be silly. But I think they'll get and they've somebody blown, outside They've of blown more saves. They, there's something like 12 and 24 in one-run games this year. They've blown 18 saves. Something They've blown the, the – high amount of saves i forgot all the exact numbers but yeah i think last week when we talked we had mentioned uh probably we had mentioned brad hand as uh, somebody on this team but then there was uh, somebody they could target but then we looked at uh, there was an article that came out today or something that buster only had tweeted uh saying that they're looking for a ken the padres are looking for a ken giles type return uh for what the what the phillies got from the astros for ken giles out of brad hand um and you know that would have looked like if you were to try to put jose quintana on the yankees instead of the instead of the cubs that would have meant trading clint frazier and chance adams plus a couple of other guys to get them yes now if they wouldn't do that for quintana they're not going to do that for brad hand uh and brad hand's contract is affordable maybe the nationals pay that price but it's good that the padres are putting that out there here and then you whittle whittle your way down from there but he's so cheap and brad hand would be a perfect fit for this team um yes but if they're not willing to go out and pay for a first baseman i mean they just made we'll talk about that too but they made a a small transaction to try their 15th first baseman of the season out yeah uh, because the other losing games has a bigger (laughs) impact i think i i i think when when you see it I know it's a small sample. They have to be smart. They can't just overrate it and say, oh, we got to make a move right now. You don't want to be irrational like that. 
but it's it's not it's not infrequent these days with the bullpen blowing it. You might not be seeing the kind of damage that having a mediocre first baseman does right now, while or, or poor first baseman while they wait for uh, Matt Holiday to get get healthy. But I, I I don't know. I think that push come to shove, they might pay the uh, the Brad Hand toll. They've got a deep enough system to do it. Um, something that kind of headlines, you know, with probably with Justice Sheffield or uh, James Caprillion. Is Caprillion hurt again? Or yeah, he didn't get TJ. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, yes, yeah. so he did. I, he did get I don't think he would be traded. Is there history of, of prospects being traded when hurt? Because people are talking Glaber Torres, and I just don't see it. I feel like prospects aren't usually traded when they're hurt. So I think it'd probably be a Sheffield or Chance Adams led deal to get Brad Hand out there. But I think it's something that they need to. Uh, to look to do because it, it's bad right now, and, and they used to have two super stoppers. Now it can change quickly with relievers. We've seen that before, but uh, I, I think it's more focused on Chapman and Batanza specifically. Not so much that the league is seeing hard throwers because a lot of hard throwers are still finding a ton of success. Right? Oh, I yeah. mean, maybe we'd have to look at the global numbers of how pitches ninety-seven and over are doing, and if, if they're doing worse, maybe. But I I, I doubt. Sounds like an article for you know. Sounds like it. Eno, get to work right now. Um, J- Jason, we got to talk about the big trade. We just hinted at the Jose Quintana trade. He doesn't have to move, which is nice. Uh, he stays in the same – I don't know, you know if he has a house in Chicago. He's probably got some sort of dwelling if, not, if that's not where he lives in the offseason. Um, he, goes, he goes north to the Cubs for Eloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, and, and two other guys that I don't know anything about and really aren't the, aren't the draw here. Eloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease – the White Sox, that system is filthy. And guess who lives near how many affiliates, Jason? Three. I mean, that's going to be your um, one. By the way, that's not even the biggest draw of this, this whole thing. The biggest draw of this is that a guy named Wet Butt on Reddit is the guy who broke the trade. Oh, my God. Wet Butt. Obviously a fan of Scrubs. Uh, but Wet Butt 23 was the first guy to find something, and uh, and we have this. I mean, in all seriousness, uh, Jimenez is assigned to Canapolis, uh, so that's really close to me. I believe he's in Canapolis, or he's going to go to Winston-Salem, which is a little further. Uh, and Cease is in... Looks like Winston-Salem, Winston-Salem here on the, uh, okay. on the, on the B-Ref. All right, so that's where that's where he is. Uh, so that's an hour and a half for me. In fact, I've got one of my fantasy drafts are in Winston Salem. So you, you you're not afraid to go. Um, yeah, C's supposed to be big time, big time pitching prospect. Throws super hard, has the stuff. Can can he kind of you know uh, refine it and develop into the front line starter that it looks like he could be? Jimenez goes to second on their list behind Moncada. That is a devastating one too. They signed Luis Robert in the uh, in the July two. Michael Kopech. You still got Gilito and Reynaldo Lopez. They have seven of the top one hundred prospects in that system now. That's insane. That's insane. Now, they did have a little bit of bad news uh, within their system. But, again, when you're building up like this, this, this this just doesn't sting as much, even though it does suck for Zach Birdie, who's going to have to undergo TJ like his brother Nick did in Minnesota. Um, you know, these guys throw super hard. Do they have poor mechanics? Like, I mean, is it just no, we coincidental about, that both of them got hurt? I think it's coincidental. We talked about uh, Zach Birdie on this podcast because I mentioned him. I had, I had taken my son to the – um, opening night here in Charlotte, and we sat right behind home plate, and Birdie came into this game and relieved and, and hit 100 with one of his pitches. Was All of them were 96 and higher, uh, and I didn't see sloppy. It was a, kind of a stiff delivery, but it wasn't anything that looked you know, Alex Wood-ish. Well, the only uh, reason I ask is because guys. 
you know, both Ross brothers continue to get hurt. And I, you know, I definitely yeah. think that because they're almost exactly the same, I'm not that surprised. But, uh, yeah, with both birdies getting hurt, that, that's kind of a bummer because he was close. You said triple A. Charlotte's the triple A. Obviously, right. they didn't need him right now. But if they traded off, say, Robertson and Tommy Canely, birdie probably would have been on the way up yeah 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 anthony sforzak you know nate yep. jones is done for the year he had to have elbow nerve surgery not tommy john but some other elbow operations so he's done uh and that's one of those things where you could go back and look at the delivery and that's why his contract was was structured as such uh but i think you know with obviously it's, it's bright days ahead for the white Sox, and you want to invest you know cease is a couple of levels away jimenez um you know, he's got his couple of levels too, but he projects to be a middle-of-the-order lineup guy. I think what's interesting here is that the Cubs made the decision that they want to move forward with Kyle Schwarber. You've got a guy like Jimenez who is everybody says is a top-ten prospect. Uh, some have him top five, and you made the decision to move forward with Schwarber. For all that he was or has been, you still said this is our, this is our best path forward. Um I think that's a curious decision myself, but I, I really like them going out and getting Quintana now because even if they don't make the postseason, which they've got is him for years. still yeah they've got them for a few years they've got them for eight eight point eight five next year ten and a half the year after that and eleven and a half so this Basically instead of free. if you lose yeah if you lose if you lose Arietta and you're losing uh, you got two guys on the roster somebody else is going to leave too you just replace them for cheap. Uh, for cheap. I mean, this is $30 million for the next three years. This is nothing. And that's what I really like about it. And I like the fact that they went out and did it now. So if they do make the postseason, they get four more starts out of him instead of waiting until the end of the deadline and trying to play a game of chicken. Who's going to give me this? All right, fine, I'll give it it to you. Uh, Yeah, I think this is the same case we were making last year when they they were trying to trade for Chapman. Uh, I think they waited until the last second to do that. But we always see that uh, happening. And then same thing in fantasy where we wait too long to address these types of problems. So I, I like some of this deal for the Cubs. I love Quintana going to the National League. You know, now he's going to get to face some pitchers. Unfortunately, he's going to have to hit, but he should get that bump and strikeout level. Um, he should get the bump and run support uh, for the most part instead when the Cubs lay their stinkers. And, uh, you know, maybe he goes out and does what Sabathia did when he went over to Milwaukee that one year and came to the NL and just, you know, went 12 and 1. And was, people were talking about him being an MVP candidate for how he turned that team oh, around. That's, that's what the Cubs are hoping for. But again, and- if it doesn't work out this year, they can do it three more years. And that, and that's why you make this move, and that's why the, the returns seemed so large was because uh, getting that kind of pitching, and he's been, Jose Quintana has been one of the most consistent guys in baseball for the last, like, five years. And I think he's a little bit underrated because people are just looking at the ERA and not uh, acknowledging that his skills were pretty much exactly the same and his last seven starts had been fantastic. He's really gotten himself together. So I think it's a nice win-win deal. I think both Chicago teams will end up being happy in the end. Uh, let's jump back out to New York. Greg Bird has a setback because uh, w- with his injury, which is why we're still talking about them maybe getting a first base. But they sent Tyler Webb to Milwaukee for Garrett Cooper, who then started yesterday. Jason, what can you tell us about Garrett Cooper? <sighs> He's having a power spike this year because he played in Colorado Springs. <laughs> I, mean, ah, that, I mean, you look I at what I he's able that. to do. He, yeah, he's this year, last year he hit nine. I was looking at the numbers earlier, uh, looking around what he had done. And he's playing. he was playing in Colorado Springs this year, uh, which I think we talked about this in the show, by the way. That franchise is going away. The Colorado, That's going, Springs the Colorado Springs is going down to a rookie level. They're no, they're no longer oh, going to be in AAA because it's ridiculous that it's a AAA. Yes. 
It's awful. But yeah, Cooper has 17 homers this year, but he had 90 before, eighth year before. Uh, you know, if you just stat scout, we're looking at a guy who gets on base and hits for a decent average. And this year, all that stuff came together for him as a 26 year old in the PCL. Uh, it was his first time in the PCL. It's not like he's going through repeats. Uh, sure. Well, his first full season. He did have a partial one last year. Um, that this is just another band aid. I mean, you look at the weighted runs created plus by team. The Yankees are the second worst team in the league with a 63 or a 67 WRC plus. The Angels are the only team that's worse than they are uh, at this Ish. position, and it has been bad. And then Bird, he had a recent setback. Uh, if they're going to make a deal for, I mean, they let they finally let Chris Carter go. Uh, they have G Man Choi, I think, is still on the roster. Um, Holiday is back, by the way. Actually, Holiday just- is. Yeah, Holiday is back, so that's. Uh, I think Choi is still on the roster in this whole situation. I think, I think he is as well. Um, but yeah, I had said earlier that when Holiday gets back, he's back, so that's going to help. Um, yeah, not. I don't see any news that G Man Choi was cut, so I think he's still. And there. I don't know what they're going to. I mean, I guess they'll just keep flipping guys through until something sticks. Uh, this, this feels like one of these things you're putting in play as a placeholder because then, then they can send him down. Um, but. I'm not running out the buy this weekend. In Are you even getting him? In a- okay, I was gonna say I have I have Choi. I have I, I Choi. I picked up Choi this weekend uh, because it's only a, a three game weekend, and so we, in tout you have to start the guy the week you pick him up, and so it was mm-hmm. only a three game period. So I went ahead and picked up Choi uh, and Chance Adams, uh, both guys, and that way it's only a zero for the weekend, and then I can bench them both. Adams I'll definitely bench. Choi it really depends on what his playing time is going to look like. I could use a bat because I did uh, make some other things, um, but if he's only going to play once a week, I don't need to keep him for that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, still Michael Pineda, Michael Pineda. I mean Pineda, Pineda. I think that's why sometimes Eno says Pineda, and he gets heat for it. Is because we say Pineda so much, and then we shift over to Pineda to let people know who we're actually talking about. But it looks like he's gonna—he need, needs TJ surgery. He hasn't officially gotten it yet, but he is on the DL. His season's effectively done, I'd imagine. Uh, looks like Luis Sessa and Brian Mitchell for now. The aforementioned Chance Adams could come up. Um, it seems like all AL only focus. If Chance Adams comes up, what kind of pickup is he for you? Is he a mixed leaguer at all? Um, a 15-team? I would take a stab in a 15-team league. Okay. Uh, you know, like I said, obviously I picked him up in tout this weekend, speculating that this was before any of the news. I mean, I, yeah. I had the bid in on I had the bid in on him on uh, a week ago, uh, so last Saturday night, and th- I was just speculating on they're having some problems. He's pitching really well down the minor leagues. And if you aren't familiar with his numbers this year, 92, 92 and two thirds, fifty six hits. 37 walks, 96 strikeouts, just six homers allowed down there. There's been a lot of articles lately. New York Post has got something like, hey, where the heck is this guy? Um, Or he figured maybe he's something that if the Yankees did make some kind of deal, he's the kind of guy that gets traded over. And because because he's got enough pitching experience up up in the upper levels, they go ahead and let him pitch uh, Mm -hmm. up there. So he's he's spent time in double-A and triple-A this year, and the numbers haven't missed a beat. Uh, for him, and that's why I went ahead and took a stab at him. But with those types of numbers um, and the run support that the Yankees can put up when they're a healthy team, I think he's worth 15 team mixed material. Okay, so that is uh, that is Chance Adams, prospect for the Yankees. Michael Pineda is a cut, and I mean, if you got DL spot, just DL him just in case. But he's pretty much a cut. He's gone. Me. I mean, yeah. No, it, I mean, look at the Garrett Richards situation last year. Oh, he's exactly. going to. That's kind of where this gets back to. Uh, and, and anybody and his who's got the surgery much, now is pretty much done next year, too. 
It's yeah. Just, let him go. Exactly. No, it, it, it's it's regroup time, and at that point, he's gonna you know it's gonna be a little bit older, and it's it's getting to a point where it's like, well, what are we really what are we really gonna get out of out of Michael Pineda at this point? Has, has a reliever. he had his burst? Yeah, maybe maybe comes back as a reliever. That'd be pretty interesting. Uh, hopefully, he has a long career doing that. If that's uh, what happens. Deep breaking news: Joe Kelly is on the disabled list with a left hamstring strain. Throwing too hard. Oh, hamstring strain. Okay. Um, Brandon we mentioned you mentioned him about the the 100 mile per hour stuff. Like he's got the good stuff. His results are so underwhelming, though. Like it, it's just another example of how stuff alone doesn't get the job done. Yeah, he's got a 149 ERA. I, I get that, and even the 101 WHIP. Uh, excuse me, the 110 WHIP. But like, it's all it's all hit suppression. He was on a roll. He was on a roll for a little while, and then he served up the the game winning home run to Brad Miller on Sunday. No strikeouts and too many walks. It just he just didn't get yeah for the heat. I mean, it's there. Uh, you watch a pitch and he can blow guys by. But the Brad Miller ba- uh, at bat was a real dumb one. Uh, I mean, he he blows he 100, 101, and then he throws an eighty six curve that just rolls up right there over the plate, uh, just over the just over the knees, and he hit it to center field and just crushed it. And it's like if if you're throwing that pitch and you can put it where you want, just keep throwing that pitch. Uh, the curveball is the one you're going to make a mistake on, and and he got crushed with it. But he he had been on a nice run. I mean, Joe Kelly. Yeah, I paid two bucks for him in tout because uh, Glenn Colton and Rick Wolf uh, said nominate him for a buck, and I was like, "Well, I'll take him for two. I don't want Joe Kelly going for a dollar because no. I did I did like him as a late inning reliever." And the results have been good. Like again, one forty nine ERA, one ten WHIP. Right. I just I feel like I, when I watch him, I'm like, "Why aren't you striking out twelve per?" And nine? then I traded then I traded Joe Kelly and Jacoby Jones for Wilson Ramos. So it, and then in the end, it worked Ooh, out great. That worked out brilliantly. Uh, Tommy Glass now really throwing at AAA right now and uh, he's refined his mechanics this was actually i'm glad you put this on here because it was actually mentioned to me in in my chat uh one one of my two chats the thursday chat when i was filling in for eno and i'm i'm keeping an eye out and they 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 asked me the following day they said well does it change your outlook after reading that stuff it it does i'm i'm intrigued you know when a guy makes changes when i have a problem with a guy as is and he just stays as is, I'm not really going to change things, even if the results maybe get better. But when I when I have a problem with somebody as is, and they change to something different that uh, seems to be working and has kind of corrected some of his issues, his mechanics are just bad. Like, I, and uh, Well, not bad in terms of form, just tough to repeat. And I think a lot of it is his height. We streamlined it a little bit, uh, Tower Glass now has, and uh, you put a link here that I will put in the show notes. And he's been beasting. What do you think of Tyler Glass now uh, at this point? You know, uh, we, we talked about how in spring training he made one change, and then towards the end of spring training they wanted him to do something else with his delivery. And it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that his delivery has been tough to repeat because he hasn't been given enough opportunity to repeat it. Mm-hmm. That's that, really where that that gets a little strange. Like, how? Why are you doing this to a young kid and and, and switching things around to this point? This doesn't make especially any sense. because. They're supposed to be known for the like, do you, and we'll work with you within you. Like that's that's one of the things, at least that I that I took away from the uh, from the Travis Sochik book on on their right. on their setup in Pittsburgh is that they they bring guys in and they say okay, you know uh, they might make suggestions and, and make certain tweaks, but Ray Searge is quoted saying like, listen, I want a guy to feel comfortable being who he is and, and, and kind of work with that. But you know they, there's a lot of hype on the, on Tyler Glass now, and they obviously want him to but, succeed. But um, you know, I'm I'm intrigued by this. Strikeouts up, walks down, hits down. Well, stuff. let's look at this. Better. I mean, six, he's had six starts 
six starts in the minors since he'd been sent back down. Uh, he's gone six innings with two hits allowed, five innings with four hits allowed, seven and two, five and, five and two-thirds and four hits, five and two-thirds, five hits, seven innings, three hits. Strikeouts, eight, 11, 12, 11, seven, and six. So if you do that math in your head, 36 innings, 20 hits, 55 strikeouts, 15 walks, three home runs. Uh, they mentioned he had the uh, the, the, the seven-inning complete game in the front end of a doubleheader, uh, 86 pitches in that. 12 strikeouts, so he's got all these put three games with at least uh, with double-digit punch-outs, five with at least seven strikeouts in six starts. So there's a good chance he could come back here and, and make a difference uh, for the Pirates. I think it's too little too late for them, but it doesn't sure. mean that it, he can get back in the rotation and, and just keep doing uh, and try it again because what we saw of him earlier earlier this year is not who he is. This is more reflective of his of his abilities. It's somewhere in between this dominant shoving that he's doing in, in Indianapolis right now uh, and where he was last year versus you know just getting destroyed as he did early on. There's going to be some walks with Tyler Glass now. It's going to be part of the package. I can live with it at three and a half. Uh, pushing five as it was through 12 starts this year is not going to work. So I'm keeping a close eye on him for sure. Uh, Chris Davis, David Dahl, Sean Rodriguez, and Danny Salazar are out on rehab assignments. Sean Rodriguez signed that deal with Atlanta. Was going to probably get a, a decent amount of playing time. I, I saw him as a really nice NL only target. Yep. He got in that car accident that really, you know, messed up his season here. He's probably not going to be coming back till about August. Um, so Chris Davis, David Dahl, Sean Rodriguez, Danny Salazar, who's got you most hyped about their rehab assignment? Salazar does. I want to see what once he comes back. Because, I mean, when he was – before he went out, his strikeout rate was at a career best high, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. he can miss bats and make a difference. But you know, he got back into some of his old problems, where giving up a lot of hard contact because he wasn't able to command his pitches where he needed them to be. I want to watch him because I think of this group. He's the biggest I, game changer. He, he's the yeah. He's the biggest game changer here, uh, and that's where that's where I want to see where it goes. I, I want to watch and see where this goes. But I wanted to mention these guys are out in rehab assignments because you know, folks, rehab assignments are twenty days, so that at least gives you some context. They can go as long as twenty days. They can go quicker if they want, um, but that gives you some context. Now these guys are about three weeks out at the most. They may be back next week. They could be back in that second week. But when you see, that's why it's 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 key to see when these guys are out. Out, it could it could be uh, it, put it on your radar uh, exactly. is what I'm trying to say especially because in shallower leagues the entire group could be available uh, because even some folks kind of moving on from Chris Davis now it's not it's not super likely especially with him being on the DL obviously you can just put him on the DL and you don't really have to cut somebody like Chris Davis but with the power explosion the way it's been and with injuries running amok it wouldn't be surprising so to have all four on your radar keep an eye on them I think Davis Dahl and Salazar are pretty much all formats considerations. Sean Rodriguez, much deeper on the mixed league, but then definitely NL only as well. Two outfielders returned, Jason. Tyler Naquin and uh, I don't never heard of this guy. You put it you put his name down. Mike Trout. Uh don't really know much about him, but let's talk about the superstar Tyler Naquin back in the bigs. What's up with him? Exactly. He uh, I did see him play. Uh, here he was here in Charlotte uh, two weeks ago. The game I I went to uh, looks I mean 
looked like he didn't belong in the AAA. Is what I'm trying to say. I mean, too, defensively, he still he really. I mean, defensively, he's he can. He looks like the athlete. We know he struggled with some of the issues, but you look at his ability to throw, his ability to cover ground, and he mm-hmm. just looks like like wow. That should that what Brad what Bradley Zimmer's been doing, right? It might be that's a bad what he's kind of looked like, but just maybe a bad root runner, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, so that's kind of what what stood out to me uh, for him. But uh, I, when I was looking at his minor league numbers, because after watching that game. I was like, you know what? I'm a little bit intrigued. Let me see if I can get him. And I tried to get him from a, I tried to get him thrown into that Cam Maven for Alex Cobb deal with Lar Michaels, and it didn't happen. Uh, but I was up. trying to go that route. He's up because Chisenhall went on the DL, right? Correct. Chisenhall okay. went on the DL with a calf issue. Kipnis went on the DL with a hamstring is, uh, issue. So they called up uh, Yandy Diaz. Yeah, uh, I thought it was uh, no, Eric wrong Gonzalez. way. Or Sherlock. No, it was no. He was already up. Oh, okay. Gonzalez um, was already up because I had I thought him, Gonzalez I had was him up for Kipnis. Okay, so they brought up Naquin and then uh, Urshela. Giovanni Urshela. Urshela. Yeah, I, I had Gonzalez fabbed in because uh, I needed somebody to qualify at middle infield because I had both uh, Tim Beckham and somebody else in tout are on the disabled. And, he's uh, been doing all Andrus. right. For yeah, he's been doing all right. He, he may even come back uh, tomorrow. Um, he, when he's first eligible, but I had to find a shortstop eligible, and I put Gonzalez in. And then I'm watch as I'm watching the game that night. Kipnis reaches back for his hamstring, running mm-hmm. out of grounder to first, and I was like, I up, I actually up my bid. I was like, okay, somebody else is going to go grab, and I need to I need to grab this guy uh, for that. So you know, again, Nate, when the strikeout rate's been down in AAA, I mean, he was at 22 percent walking, 10 percent of the time. Uh, that's the current numbers: 309, 372, 496, triple slash. Uh, I take a stab at him in an AL if I need the playing time. He's not mixed material yet. I think I agree with with Tyler Naquin on that one. Um, Trout's back. You picking him up in any leagues though? Pick him up. <laughs> I already used my four. I, used, I already used my four team mixed league joke. Um, I, <laughs> although the last night you know, he did, he had his moment. He had a potential moment in the sun where he came up with the winning run on uh, on base uh, and struck out on three pitches versus Alex Colome. Uh, I only bring it. this up. I only bring this up because we've talked about Colome's struggles of late. Um, but his last outing before the All Star break and then one last night looked really good. It, it and, was nice for him to do that. Uh, Trout did get a hit and stole a base with a head first slide. So yeah, he went into showing... first base head first and he went into second base. Maybe he's showing I'm not scared. I, I'm, I'm fine. He's got a big protector on his on his on his yeah. mitt, but I was yeah. a bit surprised that he went in head for uh, head first, uh, especially in the second base that, like that. Maybe but, get it out of the way, so you're not he did like it. hesitant about it. You know, three weeks down, like he still hasn't slid head first in the second. I don't know. I'm just thinking. You know, he does everything perfectly, so I imagine right. that he figured out the right way to deal with this potential fear or or you know playing gun shy, and he just said, you know what, I'm gonna go first game, slide in. And then he was smiling back at the dugout. I wonder if they were saying stuff like, what the hell are you doing sliding in hit first? But he's a beast. Uh, let's play a little bit of should these be all formats, guys. Our new game. We started it last time when we because we didn't do like a normal waiver episode. So I want to yeah, play it again. I'm glad you put it on here. Jacob Faria, seven out of seven in quality starts. Beasting out. I moved him all the way up to 50 on my starting pitcher rankings uh, that, that went live yesterday on Friday. I'm hyped. You know, he's in the usually start tier, which actually ranges from, from 31 to 60. So don't get too concerned with the number. If you like him above some of those other usually start guys, you, you can kind of maneuver him yourself. I just give you the outline. You guys maneuver him how you like. I love what Faria's doing. Uh, our, our friends at, at PitcherList.com, 
did a great breakdown. Ian Post did a huge breakdown of what Freya is doing um, over the All-Star break that we will we will definitely link in the show notes. Obviously, as a guy you get to watch as a Rays fan, I imagine you're pretty hyped on him as well. I, I you know, Watching him, I certainly enjoy watching him pitch more than Jake Odorizzi right now. Uh, well, that, you know, yeah. So, yeah, Ian... Uh, Ian's actually what listens to the podcast here. I know he tweeted tweeted out about the article. Uh, a few of my raised friends were like, "Dude, you see this thing?" Uh, and it's great. And it's just got the, the and he was able to talk to Furry. He they were trading DMs back and forth. So I think it's really cool that he put all that work into that with the images and you can see the pitches. You know, I I I maintain I saw Faria on his worst night of the season when I saw him live in Charlotte, and I think this is a good reason why scouts go to multiple games and not just one game and be done. Because the game I saw him pitch against Charlotte Knights, he was not good. A lot of hard contact, uh, had problems with walks, deep counts, just wasn't that good. And everything I've seen at the major league level is just completely the opposite. Uh, how he's able to do different things with his uh, with his fastball, the changeup, uh, he does different things with it. He sometimes he throws it, it looks like a screwball. It has so much fade to it. Um, you know, the seven for seven run, it's it's been nice. I just don't know how sustainable it is because he's getting himself. If we think back to the uh, the old Houdini Roberts Robertson uh, act, that's what reminds me of a David Robertson where he would get into trouble and then get himself out of trouble uh, and it just it seems like a lot of, and he keeps having these situations and things work out well for him so it doesn't surprise me when I look at his left on base percentage and it's currently 87 exactly. percent some of that's gonna go the other way but it's not it's not like he's pitch inefficient he's getting deep into these games uh, you know seven quality seven quality starts if you take away Archer he may be the club leader Let's let's uh, let's tab let's tab for you with 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 a projection here. Steamers got him at a four and a quarter, one thirty four whip. Depth charts four thirty seven, one thirty eight, and zips four fifty one, one forty two. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say we like him better than all those. But talking about a guy who has seven career starts and doesn't have overpowering stuff, I love what he's been doing so far. But you know, getting drunk on these guys is a good way. To go broke and, and we've all done it before with with hitters or pitchers you know eric thames anybody i i, I was so drunk i was so lit on on eric thames mark so Reynolds. i, I want to exactly i i, I want to be i want to be smart here i'm saying like a 380 the rest of the way with um i think his his strikeout rate is actually uh, going to continue around this eight eight plus uh and it could even boost up a little bit but i think the swinging strike rate the way he commands his stuff I think about a, a 22 to 24% strikeout rate should be somewhere in the eights. And that's what I like for Faria with a 380 and a one, 116 whip. I'm going to go closer to four, four, 410 with a one, okay. tw- low 120s. Okay, so a little, little cooler on him. But here's the, here's the thing, <clears throat> and we've been mentioning this a lot, but I still think that we're all adjusting. That's still very useful. Right. 410. 120 is something you need in all formats. That's still yeah. an all formats play for sure. And even the home so. run he gave up last night, the the one run the Angels had was a home run by Pujols to center field that was half an inch over Malik Smith's glove. If, yeah, if Kiermaier's out there, he catches it, it uh, because Malik Smith is just shorter. And he didn't really time his leap that, that well either. Uh, but that would have been it. it. Everything else, there was a couple of hard contacts. There was a hard contact single by, uh, by Trout at one point of that game. 
But other than that, there wasn't that much loud contact in that game. He just did a... And, and again, it's not like the Angels lineup is murderer's row. Uh, yes, Trout's back, but Cam Maben is, is really cooling off here in July. Uh, and the rest of that lineup has already had its issues. Yeah, you got you got Pujols and Simmons and... You know, you're not freaking out over them, but it was it was a great outing, and uh, he continues to dazzle with every outing. So read Ian's post on it, and uh, and, and and make your own decision. But I think he's a guy that, that you want to hang on to, unless you can, you know, if you dangle him, and the price is silly. That's the thing. If you've got that person out there that wants to go crazy and believe that Faria is kind of their savior, then then you look to trade him. But I think at worst you'll have a guy that uh, is in the the middle to back end of your lineup. Oh, does CBS still have that whole thing where you could see how guys were traded? I think so. I think I'm gonna Yahoo look that up right too. now. I want to look that up right now to see some types of guys that have gone. Because I always love those when you look at it like, oh hey, this guy was traded for what? It's it's always surprising. I'll look on Yahoo while you do that. Two guys list searching on the internet. That's our new podcast. Most viewed, most added. I don't see it anymore. Oh, oh, that sucks. Lame. lame. I think it's on here. Um Maybe I can't yeah. read layouts just so busy. It is quite busy. All right, let's see what we got here with Faria. Because Eno cites him, and I wonder where he cites him from somewhere. Because he talks, he talks about this as a, as being a thing. Yeah, because it was so, always on the page, and we could always do something. But I, yeah, I don't see anything. Oh well. Sorry, right, guys. Just hang on, just twenty more minutes. Well, hang on, give me twenty more minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I can't find it on Yahoo either. Someone will show us where it's at because I think it's out there. Uh, Orlando Arcia, out of his mind lately, 345, 381, 536, triple slash over the past month. Shortstop has not panned out as expected. It's actually been one of the thinner positions. It's coming into the season. looked like it had a little bit of depth. Um, you know, Not that it was super deep or anything, but it's, it's definitely underwhelmed against expectations. Arcia himself had done the same, but he's 22 years old. I, I I had low expectations on him, so the fact that he's turning it around and pushing himself back toward about an average OPS uh, with this big hot streak is impressive. Are you picking him up anywhere, though, Orlando Arcia? Uh, yeah, I'd be giving him a shot in 15-team uh, team mixed. When you middle, look at, or, does he, or can he be your short? Uh, middle. Okay, I mean, I mean it's only one a of the slight things he's difference, used. but... He's a kid. That's the thing. The thing with him, he started off so poorly, and we should all be shocked that a 22-year-old kid started off poorly at the major league level. And <laughs> then you look at it. You just look at how his. You go to the go to his player page, take his 15-game rolling weighted on base average, and just see how it looks like a roller coaster that keeps going up and up and up. Now the last couple of games there has been a down uh, decline, but. That early, that struggle really started taking off. If you bought in around game 30, 38 when it was at 206, and you could have cashed out at game 81 when it was at 526, um, you just, he just had this run where things were going well for him. And uh, he's, he's back in, now he's a mixed league format where early on he was struggle. It was a struggle just to keep in, in uh, NL only. You know what's crazy about Orlando Arcia's season is that on the ESPN Player Raider, he's 14th among shortstops. Um, with his full season line, which is 282, 322, 425 with nine homers and five stolen bases, five in nine attempts, by the way, so not an efficient base stealer. So that, again, speaks to the level of, of shortstop the way it's been. Plus, he's obviously been on a, on a super hot streak. But, uh, yeah, he's, he, I think he is somebody that, that you can use in maybe just about every format. I mean, 10-teamers, you know, not going to – when I say – 
all formats. Doesn't always mean that it's your team. There are some times where I'm like, yeah, you probably should be on a team in every league. That doesn't mean that you listening have the spot or should cut somebody for him. You know, if you've got, if Correa was your second pick and then you landed on Zach Cozart, well, you're, you're fine. I know, I know Cozart uh, kind of come down a little bit too, but I don't think you necessarily need to get Arcia. But if somebody's out there with, uh, you know, Trevor Story and or Aledmus Diaz and they're just piecing it together with, Taylor Motter's hot streak and Paul DeYoung's hot streak, that's the team that would need uh, Orlando Arcia. So he's been great. Um, Chad Green, a guy we briefly talked about earlier. Did you just go on the Yankees.com, Jason, when you made this list, or do they just have all the big news right now because they're, they're struggling so much? They're struggling uh, so much. <laughs> but Chad Green, I watched him I watched him pitch, and we look at how – not to say he's going to take over the closer role, but you could, they've no. already made the announcement today that he's now he, you know, Tyler Tyler Clipper, uh, much to my dissatisfaction, is being demoted from the seventh inning, uh, and Chad Green is going into it. So that's where you look at maybe he could start vulturing some wins. They did trust him enough to be a starter in one of those Johnny bullpen right. days. It was Chad yep. Green that came out and started that game. He looked good during that. Uh, and when I, watch, when I watch him pitch of late, he's got some really nice fastball movement. Uh, secondary pitches uh, were looking good. And just somebody who intrigues me as a late-inning guy. Let's say you just lost Joe Kelly. Uh, you're in AL League. You just lost Joe Kelly. He was doing some stuff for you in the late innings. And you're looking for another guy. Maybe Chad, maybe Chad Green's available for you. To Chad Green could get some holds, too. I wouldn't rule out some hold potential coming into more key situations in the seventh inning when the game's in, in the balance. And he's a really good pitcher. Um, I thought maybe he could fill that fill that starter role with, with Pineda going out, but they're going to go elsewhere. Uh, but Chad Green, I like that deep format, hold league sort of guy. Uh, you got a link to an article here that I will link in the show notes as well that just says, don't forget over Manny Machado. And really been trying to preach this to folks for a few weeks now, like <laughs> – the real, only real thing that's happening with Machado's season, when you, if you want to break it down to something simple, obviously it's a little bit more detailed than this, but if you just want to break it down to something simple, it's that his singles aren't falling. Yep. Everything else is there. Well, that and, he's making a ton of hard contact. You look at like the, the exit velocity leaderboards of late, uh, and you see his name all over it. Like Last night, I saw Darren Woolman and tweeted a few things out like, hey, the top five exit velocities, and there's three of them, Manny Machado. Uh, it just he's continues, he's hitting them where they are. And guys just happen to be getting something on that ball, but you look at the quality of his contact of late and the difference between his his weighted on base average and his expected is some like fifty to sixty point gap and Ryan Spader covers it in that article. It's just I have Machado in my home league. I uh, this season's not working for me. I need to move him. I'm trying to move him and people are looking at numbers this year. I'm like here, read some other stuff what other people are saying about him and decide if you don't need him to try to win this league. Uh, but right now, I, I'm finding the trade market in my home league very cool on Manny Machado. That's crazy. I would be trying to get him as much as I could at this point. I, I have all the interest in the world in getting Manny Machado's shares. So if anybody in any of my leagues is listening and they want to sell him, come knocking on my door. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on. Uh, let's talk about some ice cold and red hot uh, players over the last month because uh, there's some stunning names. We had some really big guys at the high end here, Matt Kemp, Ryan Zimmerman, that were playing out of their minds. They've gone really cold. Another one, Brandon Crawford, um, hasn't been great all year. He's been part of the, the the downfall of shortstop because he's not even doing his kind of normal, bland but solid work. Uh, what's up with these three guys, Matt Kemp, Ryan Zimmerman, and Brandon Crawford? Huh. I mean. Matt Kemp's simply not making quality contact. I mean, you look at his ISO as 74. 
That's Ooh. that's below that's almost Jose Iglesias level. Yeah, that's embar- uh, that's embarrassing, dude. He's just not making the type of contact. Maybe maybe the summer, maybe the Atlanta summer is grinding on him because it's been hot down here in the southeast. Uh, so maybe that's been grinding on him. But the quality of the contact just has not been there to where it was early. You look back and uh, where he was early part of the season. And we're like, all right, great, this will work out. He can get back to his compiling days. And right now, he's piling, but it's not good stats. Ah, that's a poop joke. I like that one. That was good. That was a genuine reaction. It was a, a screech. It was a weird thing. I don't know why I made that noise. But I really found that funny. Uh, I did enjoy that a lot. Ryan Zimmerman, people were asking me on Twitter if they should cut him. And I thought they were crazy. And I still think they're crazy, but he's been sucking lately. What's he, is, is it cold streak or we have trouble? It, I haven't seen him play, to be honest with you. So okay. I can't. I can't say now. I bet you if we took this this data sample from a month and say six weeks, I bet you the numbers look a lot better. Uh, and this could be the same for could be the same for uh, for Kemp as well. But when you look at Zimmerman, everything else, the, the other skills line up, but. Again, we we laughed at we laughed at Kemp's seventy four ISO. Well, half that is almost Ryan Zimmerman. He's at thirty eight uh, during this stretch. He's not hitting anything for power. Oh so right God. now he's got eleven runs driven in. He scored eight times. He has zero home runs uh, over his last eighty seven plate appearances. I wonder if he's hurt though, because that's that's kind of where the I was case. going. That's kind of where I was going. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, but you know, if if people aren't paying attention to that. Uh, and look at his overall numbers, they're obviously still incredibly movable. 19 homers, 52 runs, 63 runs driven in. Um, but none of that, just about all of that, uh, was was uh, before the calendar uh, since Father's Day. Really, his slump has been since yeah. Father's Day. Because I'm stubborn, and um, when I know something exists, I desire to find it. I found those Jacob Faria trades. <laughs> they are on Yahoo!, Here's a couple. Just going to run a couple by you. Let, see where you're at with it. Jacob Faria and Marcelo Zuna for Joey Votto. Sure. Jacob Faria for Scott Shebler straight up. Yes. I, feel, I, I was going to say, I feel like you would do that based on your assessment of him. I think that's something I would settle on. I would shoot higher, not crazy higher, just like a little bit a little bit more sturdy than Scott Shebler. And then I think I, I would be able to come down and say, okay, this is where we land, and it's Scott Shebler. Uh, Faria for Cal Schwarber. No. What, what is your assessment on, in difference between Schwarber and Shebler? Tough to say those words back to Position? Back. No. Uh, well, I don't know. No. In Yahoo, yes, because Schwarber actually qualifies as a catcher. I actually like the Schwarber one. Oh, never mind. There you go. Better Forget in that. Yahoo. Change it around. Yeah. Um, okay, and then one last one. Actually, two last ones. Sorry. Jacob Free and Clip Frazier for Corey Kluber. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I hope you're not listening to the person that that traded Kluber. Because <laughs> you haven't been listening for shit. That's terrible. Wow. Uh, and then what was Jacob that noise Fury. you made? Ah! Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that, I'm laughing for the wrong reason on that one. That's terrible. I'm sorry, dude. That was on July 15th. That was yesterday, man. Or that was today. Like that, you can't say like, oh, you know. Somebody got into my Demerol st- stash. Right? Someone someone hit on Jason's pain meds there and just got, took a few too many and, and wanted Clint Frazier. And then the last one, this is kind of interesting. If, you, if you're worried about a fallback um, from Jacob Faria for Irvin Santana. No, I'd rather take my chance at Faria than Santana. In the end, I don't think they're going to be that different. And I would actually bet on the guy who's the uh, 
who's got the better get, or who's got the better offense that can fall into some wins? If you think skills wise, if you think they're both going to be the same guy the rest yeah, of the way, pro- who's probably. likely to have more? Who's who's likely to have more run support? I, I would say the Rays. I, yeah. I mean, it's pretty. They're pretty close, though, aren't they? I don't know. I feel like the Twins go so ice cold at times. Um, I, to me, the Twins should sell off. I know. I know I the agree. standings. The, the I, I know the standings. Don't say. But years he ago, should be right? Selling off. Yes. What was it? Two years ago that they that they were competing all the way until August and. Everyone just kept saying, like, it's not, it's, it's going to come up short. This is like an 82 and 80 sort of season. And uh, what did it end up being? It was 83 and 79. I was like, this is an 81, 81. Like, you're, you're two games under to three games over 500. Like, that's what this team is. I know they're and two and a half exactly out, but Cleveland can restock if they want to. Yep. And, you know, Kansas City. At least with Kansas City, they've got all these guys in final, year, final years of the deal. And moving those types of guys in a market, it, it's always tough to get great value. We've talked about this in the past. If you're going to move the, those types of players, you need to move them a year and a half out or maybe yeah. the, the offseason before this final year. But they might for the last few months, yeah, sure, the Yankees got Glaber Torres out of a role as Chapman. But Chapman's that's, that's the exception. Than... Yeah, that's the exception because the Cubs, everybody knew that was their one weakness. Well, um, and, now, and, are the Yankees going to go give Clint Frazier for Eric Hosmer right now as much as they that, need a first baseman? No. You, you you would never do that for a hitter. Even though the hitter plays every day and they play defense, I understand. In the playoffs, you, you would still pay it. They might pay it for Kelvin Herrera, but I, I don't think Herrera's up on a deal. I think he's he's good through next year. So right. obviously, you know, it doesn't fit for the selling those guys that are um, ending on this year. I think they just I think they ride it out, even though they're pretty much in the same situation as the Twins. I think they go ahead and make that final push. Maybe trade one of the pieces for something that can kind of help you this year. Maybe a more, you know, uh, finished product prospect that maybe has a floor. Uh, as opposed to a super ceiling or something like that. But, yeah. No, I think that's fair. If you're going to think Arvin Santana and Free are the same, go with the better offense, and I would go with, with your beloved Rays there. Uh, let's talk about these guys red hot over the last month. Jock Peterson, Wilson Contreras, and Yasiel Puig. Yasiel Puig with two homers yesterday, the game changers. Both of them changed the game, including the last one winning the game. Uh, his teammate Peterson been been playing a lot better, and Wilson Contreras, speaking of catcher, um, you know he, he's helping boost the position, which has been a, just a nightmare this year for fantasy. So let's talk about those. Let's start with the Dodgers first. Peterson and Puig. Seen anything out of them that has you intrigued further? Really, just Puig's. His at bats look like he's out there attacking the baseball, and not and not falling into the traps that that normally got him into trouble. Where uh, pitchers know how to get him out, and he falls right into their traps. It's just some of the the way I've seen him attack lately has been uh, has been impressive, and the ball's really jumping off his bat. Uh, I did see the home a, runs the other day. You know the hamstrings. Each hamstring has been a problem. And right. I think we really underrate it when guys don't have their base. Uh, what it does for their power. You know, you think about it like a wrist injury. Oh, that's going to sap some power. A shoulder, like anything in the upper half. I think where where it, it's easier for us to mentally kind of quantify what it can do to the power but i think with the lower half injuries we don't really think about that as much i think he's got his base back he hasn't been special it's an 800 ops but the 474 slug is nice and then 18 homers nine stolen bases has made him pretty fantasy relevant i think he's a top 35 sort of uh outfielder with those numbers great team as well uh with young jock you know i want this guy to be great I, I kept saying that he would he would add some. This is speed. why you never quit on him. You've been I, I, one of his biggest, one of the guys that's always stayed there for the longest. I can't get rid of him. I can't pull I know, him. And he's on our labor team every year because of it. I, 
<laughs> it will be next year too. It'll be even cheaper. I'll, I'll trick you in, into it that way. Um, but I, you know, I've completely lowered what I think the ceiling can be, and it's. I've come to the shocking realization. We we didn't talk about this either, which we probably should, because uh, I've said he's Kobe Rasmus. I was just going to bring 2. that up. 0. And uh, you know, Kobe Rasmus stepping away from the game because his hip isn't repairing properly. We'll, sure. we'll get back to Jock, but what is that? Is there something more? I don't know. I just the suddenness of it all could be behind the scenes stuff that may come out later. You know, whatever, oh, whatever wants okay. to float his boat, but uh, maybe when it comes out of nowhere. Um, I I have a hard time believing it's just the hip. Are, are you concerned because of the issues that that stemmed from like family and how it got run out of St. Louis? Are you thinking maybe there's something like? In, in that arena again? I don't want to speculate. No, no, I don't much. think it, I, it could okay. just be something, you know, decide priorities are different in life and I'm going to go this way, risk losing my family over risk lose of of a career that uh, is it's being tougher and tougher to stay in the game uh, for him. Body's, mm-hmm. Body is failing him. So, I mean, he was really good. The thing is, he was really good against Fantastic. right-handed pitching. He just really crushed it when he was in there. Um, and that's kind of where Peterson's going to go. What, when you look at Peterson over the last month, it, what what's been impressive is he's walking 15% of the time which is above his career rate above his in-season rate and then his strikeout rate's down below 20% and that's what's always hurt him in the that's past is the inability huge. to make contact but now we're looking at uh current rates 29 27 23 this year but 18 or 19 I'm sorry 18.8 so 19 over the last month so the ability to make contact if you go look at his gra- his page and pull up his 10 game rolling average on contact you'll see the same thing it's getting better for him and if they decide to use him as Erasmus and just leave him in there against righties uh, and go that route then you, you can set him up for success there's guys I mean look what Josh Reddick's doing this year you play him well, against Lonnie righties Chisinau's you, doing. You, you yeah you spot you spot against lefties and you see what happens there there's these guys shouldn't be shunned because they can't hit lefties anymore the game uh you know the, the platoon thing is in the game people are taking are using it and Absolutely. they should be Especially strong side, especially Jack Peterson, who can play center field and, and quite capably at that. So, yeah, I mean, he's 25, so I'll always be pulling for that, <laughs> for him to turn it around against lefties, and then he'll have like a, a 50 plate appearance surge against lefties. I'll be like, he did it! He's I'll in. buying him in the first round every league. Let's go! Uh, yeah, but Jack Peterson is hitting well. Wilson Contreras, uh, you know, the Cubs, they made that trade, obviously, because they really needed starting pitching. Things haven't been going well for them. Um, I don't want to overstate it either. They were like, I think, a game or two under 500 going into the break, which was not the end of the world. Ian Happ's been really nice. Chris Bryant's just quietly been himself. Anthony Rizzo got himself back on track. But Wilson Contreras has also been among the uh, the more limited bright spots. They were supposed to have more bright spots than they've had. He's been one of them. Um, is he a top five catcher for you, Wilson Contreras, out in Chicago? Yeah, I think he is. When you look at when you look at where he's going to finish. In the season, uh, he's got an outside shot at 20 homers. Uh, going to hit 260 to 270. He's going to end up driving in about 70 runs, scoring 50 to 60. That's top five catcher. Absolutely. And I don't know. I, I think he can even develop more, too. You know, I, I have a tough time buying catchers. I also, and, cons- you know, I also think he's going to be the most overdrafted catcher next year. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> we're so desperate because it happens every year. Sanchez was this year. Uh, Schwarber was two years ago. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. He probably he probably will be because no one's going to be you know dying to get Alex Avila d- despite his excellent year. Maybe JT Real Muto, but I, I think C- Contreras has the hype, and that's what will make him the uh, the more overdrafted one. Uh, all right, let's talk some two start pitchers and wrap up here. 
we just listed a handful of them. Going to kind of get your thoughts on, uh, on where you're at in terms of using them, maybe what league formats, if any. Tyson Ross and Andrew Kashner, former Padres, now turned Rangers, are both going to Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Are you using either of them? Hmm. Um, I don't, uh, because the offenses we talked about, Tampa Bay's got an above average offense this year. Uh, Baltimore at Baltimore uh, has Baltimore, been yeah. doing some things as well. I don't like the I don't like these matchups, and I, we've I I put um, Kashner on here because. You know, Craig keeps bringing him up in chat, so I don't know if he hits you uh, up, but he hits me. But he mentions Kashner, and I keep trashing him. He keeps reminding me he's better than that. And uh, I'm just pointing out this is not the week I want to use him. Now watch, he'll go 2-0 and with a 1 ERA, and, and I'll, I'll look dumb. But uh, you look at a guy skills. who can barely – yeah, the walks and strikeouts are so close together, I can stick a one piece of paper between them, and that's it. <laughs> um, th- these, aren't, these are not good matchups. I don't want either one of these guys this week. Me neither, and I, I said Tyson Ross was somebody I just wasn't looking at at all this year um, because he was coming back from the thoracic outlet syndrome surgery, and I stand by that. He's not shown me anything that makes me want to change my mind. I'm just not dealing with the headache. He, he might have some good starts where he rises up a little bit. Um, it, it's not going to fool me. Brent Suter, Sutter, uh, I don't know which it is. It's S-U-T-E-R, out in uh, Milwaukee, has been pretty interesting lately. He goes he goes for the Pennsylvania two-step there at Pittsburgh, at Philly. Yes, please. Wait, have you had a chance to watch him yet? I have not. I picked I picked him up on a flyer uh, a couple of weeks ago in my home NL league, and he's been in my lineup since. He's been and, fantastic. Uh, I have not had a chance to watch him pitch yet, but that is uh, we've got three starts for him. And I, was, I remember reading there was something else from one of his minor league starts because down in the minor league, uh, his strikeout rate was over a uh, strikeout per inning. He wasn't walking anybody. You look through his history, and that's what his recent history is too. Uh, he had spent the better part of the last three years uh, down in AAA. But when you're pitching, we mentioned that AAA is Colorado Springs, and in Colorado Springs, uh, the ERA was 4.42 for him, which may be below the park average there. Uh, but the high strikeouts, low walks, and his home run rate was 1.2, which again uh, leveled out for Park. And that all seemed decent enough for me to take a flyer for him uh, when this was right about the time that uh, Anderson went down. You know, he throws 86. He's like uh, he's like a Jason Vargas out there from the left side, and uh, and you know he'll he'll kind of kitchen sink you a little bit with. Um, Four seam, uh, slider, changeup, and curve. The curve looks like a show me sort of deal right now. I haven't seen him pitch, so I I, kind of want to to see see what's going on uh, with this guy who's making it work like this. Two great starts in a row to cap off the first half there. Six, six, uh, one one unearned run against Baltimore, and then six and a third, two earned at the Yankees, which is really nice. Hasn't allowed a homer yet. Only has allowed one homer, and it was in that first start which was on a double header against St. Louis, four and two thirds, three runs, one homer. So I'm I'm pretty interested. I, I think if you're gonna if you're streaming, this is this is what you're looking for. A guy who's been performing well of late with a with a solid setup of two teams at Pittsburgh, at Philly. I'll go with Brent Sutter. And then Mint, uh, before I go to the next pitcher, um there's talk about Todd Frazier going to Boston as intensifying here today, as I'm reading ooh. this this afternoon. Um so I would love we'll see that, what happens. I would not. Uh, for well, him, it would be great. Not for, uh, that, I'm just going for him. Yeah, for I'm him, it would be perfect for, for him. Sox. 
But I know as as a Rays fan, you're not trying for to him. It would be perfect, but yeah, because yeah, they probably get him for a song and nothing that's on their 25 man roster right now that would impact Correct. everything. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see see what happens there. It does make sense given that. Um, Sandoval was DFA'd yesterday. When you're doing that, you're clearing that roster spot. Uh, Why not? So they could just use Travis Shaw. Oh wait. Oh yeah. My bad. My bad. Or Mauricio uh, Dubon. Stroman. Oh wait. Can't do that either. Oh wait. No. No. Rafael Devers did get called up to AAA though. So now he's he's a he's a step away. Uh, Marcus Stroman has Boston and Cleveland both on the road. I imagine you put him on here because you wanted to at least talk about you know potentially sitting him in some shallower leagues. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean. <laughs> When I look at he's on my tout staff, and when I look at it, I, I'm tempted to as much as I need the starts um, because I'm try, always trying to play matchups. Uh, these aren't good matchups. Uh, I know they're not, but that's so tough. I know that's why. So I'm I'm considering an AL league, um, in a mixed league. If I had a better option, I would definitely do it, and because. Again, the Boston offense is, is one of the ones that works against him where you've got to go deeper into, you know, they can work the counts, go deeper into them. Yes, they're not hitting for the power, but go ahead. What if you have one of his opponents, Eduardo Rodriguez, coming back and he, he faces Toronto and, and Stroman and then goes out to the Angels? And let's say you have him off the DL. I'd rather have that. In, would you put him in for Stroman? Yeah, the Angels matchup's so nice. They just don't hit. I know. And even the Toronto one isn't isn't terrifying. Um, I'm, I'm excited about what Eduardo Rodriguez can do when he comes back. I hope he's healthy. He's got a lot of talent. I'm very intrigued by him. I personally can't bench Stroman. I, I have a hard time making those moves, and maybe it's a, a shortcoming. This, and by the way, this of, isn't like the Robbie Ray thing where we said don't do this because he's at home, uh, and Robbie Ray made us look really, really dumb. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Really dumb. This is not – that's not what this is about. It's just the matchups – who was the one? Somebody had Stroman, uh, the Yankees, the other day. I think he ended up surviving that one, but he had the first inning. He was getting blasted around by them. The, uh, isn't that when he had the blister? Yeah, that's what it, he was out after five innings. So he only went five, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I was pulling up his last number of starts against Boston. He's only faced them one time this year. and it worked him. Yeah. 11 hits. 11 hits. 24 batters faced 11 hits. The time before that, he had three outings, and they worked him over there. Um, so, hey, look, we're getting a thunderstorm today. What do you know? Um, yeah, so his last four outings against Boston, they have absolutely raked him. Oh, I could see it. I could see it. I don't think I have the stones to do it. Uh, with Marcus I have not Schroeder. yet pulled the trigger. I'm going to sit on it for another day. But we will have to talk his about last next four week. starts. His last four starts, this has not been good. Well, no, he only has the one bad one, though. The one at Texas. Then he worked No, I'm just on the last. I'm sorry. The, the four against Boston. I'm looking at his last oh, four yeah, starts yeah, yeah, against yeah, yeah. Boston. And, and, and then uh, they have not like, been good. 24 the thing runs. It, if you're super worried about one, you know, you almost make the move because of it. Because the one can cancel out. The, the, the one negative can cancel out a positive right. very easily. Like, if he goes four and allows six, that's pretty difficult to come back from and still post a, post a good number. So Marcus Stroman, let us know on Twitter what you're doing. If, if you're starting in what, what kind of league context you're in and if you're going to start him at Boston, at Cleveland. Ivan Nova gets home to Milwaukee but then goes out to Colorado. I imagine you included him because you don't want to start him at Colorado. That's pretty bad. Same thing will go for Chad Cool. He's got the same matchups. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the Milwaukee matchup's tough enough and kind of like the yeah, Stroman thing. You've got, you've got the that matchup and then you're going to Colorado? No thanks. I, I will I will bench him as well because um, you know he thrives on contact. 
weak contact, missing barrels. Every once in a while, gives up a solo shot. Uh, usually, you know, so all solo shots are with no one on. I was going to say usually with no one on. He, every <laughs> once in a while, he gives up a homer. It's usually with no one on is, is what I was trying to say. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. I don't want to mess with that either. I like Ivan Nova. I've been hyped on him all year. I got a bunch of leagues. I'll be sitting him everywhere I can. There's one league I can't. It's an NL, and we don't have a bench, so Ooh. he's going to have to play. Yep. Josh Tomlin at San Francisco, home to Toronto. I never buy Josh Tomlin, so I'm out. What about you? Here's the tough thing is that that Giants matchup is so nice to look at, but then you're taking the risk of going to Skydome, Rogers Center, and he has a lot of home runs. Uh, his last outing, zero, two, three, one, two, and then zero. Uh, that zero came against the Padres, and the other one came against the White Sox. Everybody else has got him for at least one. Um, and so when I'm bringing him up here, this is for the AL-only players. Um, this would be I'm actually a little more tempted to use him in this one than I would be Marcus Stroman. That's an interesting one. Yeah, because the, at San Francisco is so nice. His biggest issue, home runs, is really uh, neutered there because it's really tough to, to leave, leave the yard. So I can, I can see it in AL only. I can. Um, you're moving guys in and out. You're shuffling. I personally would not start him over Stroman. I've just always had a, a, a Josh Tomlin allergy. I added Matt Moore on here. He's home to Cleveland. I was say, why is he? Because I didn't put him on here. <laughs> I know you wouldn't. I, I, I did just to see if I can make him mad <laughs> or see if you, you crap talk him. Um, I put him on. I still don't even want to buy him. But nope. I fig- I, basically, I figured we'd get questions about him. And I feel like every time he has hey, a I have a question starts, about him. Why do, why do any of you still own him? Why is he? Just why is he? Why is Matt Moore himself? Uh, he has a 4.44 ERA at home with a 1.44 WHIP. That's that's what you're hoping for. Yep. Uh, against Cleveland and San Diego, it's not San Diego's bad, but Cleveland, no. Yeah, pass. I just just wanted to avoid the the inevitable Twitter questions. Uh, Jermaine Marquez, San Diego and Pittsburgh, nice offenses, but both at home. And in case you guys don't know, he's a Colorado Rocky. Can you do it? Can you do a double dose of Coors Field, um, even though against good matchups? Or, yeah. or is it no? Well, I mean, you can do it? The matchups are nice. And yes, it's a Coors Field. Um, but if you're going to use them, these are the types of matchups you're going to use them for. So I would take in, in a mix. I don't want to touch them. You should have better options in mixed league. But if you're a uh, 10, 12, and all only team, these are the types of matchups you want to take advantage of. So I would use him in that. What about, uh, let's see here. Would you start him over Nova? Um, I think I actually yes. would. Yes, yes. And I like, I don't I think again, he's, he's actually back. facing Nova. And uh, then the yes. Marquez and Nova are facing one another. So, I mean, I really feel bad for that infield dirt because it's going to be pretty much gone. <laughs> right. The grass is going to be gone for those two. But Yeah, I... Uh, I think I would. I, there, there might be some deeper mixed leagues where I might even consider this. I know it's two into Colorado, but I don't know. He's kind of the same guy that he is home and road, so I'm not really that worried about it if I think he's viable enough to give me a 380 ERA for the week. So I don't know. Her, Hermain Marquez. I said German or something stupid. Herman. I'm an idiot. It's Herman. Also was in the race um, farm system the same time as Felipe Rivero and any Romero. You guys should have kept Calipay. those players, dude. That would have helped. Yeah, good times. Uh, Yay a hap! I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, gets the same. Gets the Boston and Cleveland double ja, ja, duo ja, ja, that, ja. that Stroman does. <laughs> Are you using J Hap? Man, um, I don't want to. Why not? He's been so good. 
I don't want to. He really has. I mean, he's got his skills have been really strong. Um, I was pretty impressed when I was when I was redoing the starting pitcher rankings. The one thing is too many homers, which I guess could well, be the scare. That's, 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 it's a recency bias for me, but the problem, I mean, he's made 11 starts this season, and he's allowed double-digit home runs in five of those. Multiple home runs, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry, double-digit. If digit. you allowed 10 homers, that'd be Again, folks, rough. Demerol. Uh, <laughs> so multi-home runs in five of those 11 starts, including three against Houston. But again, that's that, that was Houston... In Rogers Center, if they scored fewer than seven runs, you knew that wasn't going to happen. So the three home runs in that game, uh, that really hurts him. But the home run issue, that's really where where I come back to. And, yes, Boston is not hitting them well on the year, uh, but they're starting to come back. Handy Ramirez at bats look a lot better uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Mookie Betts is out of that power slump that he was in where I think he, you know, he almost went the whole month of April without a home run. Now all of a sudden you look up, he's got 16 of them. Um, and so let's say they add Todd Frazier. Now you got to deal with that part of that lineup too. I, I'm not crazy about the match, the two start a week for him in an AL only. I think I would go ahead and go that route, oh, but absolutely. yeah, the mixed league, I, I would look for another option. All right. Mixed league. Rank these three: the two, the two Jays, Happ and, and Stroman going to Boston and Cleveland, and then Sean Newcomb home to the Cubs and at the Dodgers. Well, what was the first one? I just got distracted three. by A Rod saying the, that the Red Sox are going to go after Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, the, the the two Blue Jays and Sean Newcomb go uh, home to the Cubs and at the Dodgers. How do you rank those three in a mixed league, in terms of of wanting to use them this week? Stroman, Happ, Newcomb. Oh man, um, Hap. I think Hap, Stroman, and Newcomb. Okay, I was just seeing if Newcomb changed the changed the changed it up for you at all. What about Dylan Bundy? No, uh, home to Texas and Houston over those two. Ooh, okay. God no! I'd rather use I'm Matt more than Dylan Bundy. Oh my God, I don't think I would go that. Far. Or Kevin Gossman. Boy, Kevin Gascan. Gascan. That's his um, new name for us. Kevin Gascan. That, that was a good one when you sent it. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play any other names. All right, I think that's gonna wrap it up. Um, that that's pretty much it. There's a few other guys that are available. Scott Feldman, you know, kind of NL only. You can start in Washington, Miami, uh, but the rest of these guys are just they're bad. Like you didn't put Matt Moore on there. There's, I don't think there's a whole lot of need to talk about Jordan Zimmerman. People wanted to trust him for a second. I thought about putting him just face. to say like. Is this a week? You know, if you're still holding on to him, hoping at for KC, something at Minnesota, yeah. And I, I said no. Ooh. I was like, I, my initial thought was no. I'm not going to put it. And he's not even the name anymore. Where I, he needs to be mentioned. Just thought about Ty okay, Block, where are no. you? The one I got one, and this guy's super low ownership, off the radar. But Sal Romano out in uh, Cincinnati has uh, I don't know. He hasn't. I wouldn't say he's been good or whatever, but uh, let's see here. Let me pull up his sweet numbers through eight innings, four fifty ERA, but a strikeout per inning. That's eight a quality innings, start. Strikeouts. Right? <laughs> well, he did that. It, yeah, he needed eight innings, so in two starts, but uh, super deep. Home to Arizona and Miami. Would you start him in your NL only over Matt Moore? I think he may have reached my breaking point. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll keep Matt Moore in this case. People just looking. I just want to mention him. He randomly. I, I didn't know he was back in the majors, so I, I, he came on my radar when I was updating the the pitcher rankings. I was like, oh, I guess I'll slot him here on the uh, like pretty much never use list. All right, Jason, that's going to wrap it up. You need to get back to healing. Yes, uh, I need to over back there. to ice. My arm is like, okay, yeah, dude, get, you're done. Ice the arm. 
Um, we still got you. we got. I moved you to the sixty day DL, and uh, Ken Rosenthal reported that you're not coming back this season. So it's on you in rehab to to prove him wrong. But yeah, that, I'm not even close report. to I'm not even close to long tossing yet. Um, so not, I can't even do too. the I can't even do the towel drill where I'm throwing no, the, the towel. There was a setback when you took the wrong medicine. Yeah, that was the big setback. Uh, don't forget the uh, the Arizona Fall League first pitch forums. I believe there is a there's a discount that I believe runs out at the end of this month uh, for registration. Um, I think I mean, I'm trying to pull that up now, but uh, I think there is a discount that expires on July 31st. Typing one handed sucks. Um, I got it. Hang on, hang on, Gimpy. I got you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, there we are. Scrolling, scrolling. There is a special early bird. Yes, open there right is. Now. I don't know exactly when it ends, though. That's that's what doesn't I'm say. But um, but that's why you better get it now. Yes. And and, and, and seriously, like it, it's it's so fun. By the way, if you buy the uh, forecaster every year and the minor league analyst, that's included in the price. Um, so so don't you know don't feel like it's just the the conference and that's it. Which by the way, it would be worth it. But. You get you get four tickets to games, including the Fall Stars games. You get the forecaster that comes out in December. You get the minor league analyst, which usually comes out about a month later. Plenty of good stuff, and and the best part, you get to meet me and Jason. So you get tickets to three Arizona Fall League games, including the uh, four games. I'm sorry, uh, including the Fall Stars game. You get uh, a copy of the forecaster. You get a copy of the minor league analyst. You get uh, there's a welcome thing Thursday night. There's a free lunch on Saturday. There's uh, breakfast buffets free every night at the hotel, um, every uh, morning of the hotel rather. So all that stuff's included. And and Jason will bring his leftover painkillers and give them out yes. uh, for trivia answers. Yes. So we will be we'll be playing Ron's um, Ron's prize box is probably getting a little light. So yeah, I could bring yeah, some we'll, Deborah we'll play Oxycontin trivia, some Zofran. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> this is so bad. All right, let's go ahead and finish up. Jason, are you are you good for next week? Or uh, like, I am good are, for next week. Are next you grounded? Week? By the way, I, I, this yet? is no fly July uh, for me. Oh, I cannot dude, fly until awesome. August, uh, but I do have to take a train to New York City on uh, Sunday, well, a week from you? Sunday. Apparently very old, uh, but yeah, I got to be in New York Jeez. all week, so I will be taking the train up uh, from here, from Charlotte to Penn Station direct. All right, well, safe travels, Thanks. and uh, we will talk next week. All right, man, peace.